everybody, Pastor Chris here. Thanks for listening to our Market Street Podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope today's message helps you in your walk with Jesus. For more ways to connect, visit us at marketstreetchurch.org. Yeah, we are still at the beach, and we are excited about what God has to say to us today, being at the beach. This is sort of going to be, as we're sort of landing this at the beach series, and excited about what God has in store for us next in, in our next sermon series. But So we're going to spend two weeks in this one chapter, chapter John, or excuse me, in John 21 is where we're going to spend some time. But really, this, this particular story is about Jesus and, and some of his disciples taking a long walk on the beach, right? A long walk on the beach. And, and so, remember, I don't know if anybody remembered, but you, before, you know, the internet and, and the dating websites and those kind of things, you would pull out, take out an ad in the newspaper. Does anybody remember this? Does anybody want, not want to admit to this? Um, you would take out an ad in the news and, and sort of article of if you're looking, you know, looking to connect with, with somebody and, and sort of where this phrase you know, I don't know, maybe, I, I like to take long walks on the beach. Have you ever heard that phrase before? I like to take long walks on the beach. It comes from somebody who describes things that they like to do, and, and they're looking for somebody to connect with them. If, like, if you also like long walks on the beach, I like long walks on the beach, and they would say other things like, I like chocolate, or, and I like puppies, and there would be a list of things that they like to do, but the sort of the thing that sort of has stuck over the time, over the years has long walks on the beach. I enjoy long walks on the beach. And so, and that's kind of what you do when you're at a beach, when you're staying at a beach. How many of you have, enjoy long walks on the beach? Anybody? Okay, good, good, good. There's a good amount of you that when you're at a beach, you like to go for a long walk on the beach. It's, just, it's a nice, enjoyable thing. So this is Jesus with some of his disciples going for a long walk on the beach. And when you go for a long walk on the beach, you talk about, you know, you talk about the kids, you talk about the grandkids, and you talk about, you know, some things that we've got to do when we go home, you know, because typically you're on vacation and but and you're, you know, sort of getting away from the stresses of this of this life. But you're but when you're on these long walks, you're talking with your significant other and you're talking about the things that you, you know, we have to get back to and some things that are going on. At least that's what my long walks on the beach are like. Or you're talking about life, or you're talking talking about, you know, your marriage, you're talking about whatever that is, but you're always having these conversations. This particular long walk on the beach had to have been one of the worst long walks on the beach conversation that I've ever read in my life. This is the conversation. Let me just show you this conversation that Jesus had specifically with Peter on his long walk on the beach. And then there were some other disciples following along, which we'll see in a, in a second. But this, this is Jesus' conversation with Peter on their long walk on the beach. And here's how it goes. He says, verse 18, Truly, truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you used to put on your belt and walk wherever you wanted. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will put your belt on you and bring you where you do not want to go. Now, this doesn't sound like a good conversation, does it? Like when you were younger, you used to go wherever you wanted to go. You used to do whatever you wanted to do. You used to, you know, have the freedom to do that. But one, at some point in your life, Peter, you're going to go somewhere. When you get older, you're going to go somewhere where somebody is going to 
somebody else is going to put your belt on you and bring you where you do not want to go. Jesus, what are you referring to? What are you talking about? Look, look what he says in verse 19. Now he said this, indicating by what kind of death he would glorify God. And when he had said this, he said to him, follow me. Now, I don't know if that's necessarily the motivator for any of us to say, now you should follow me. After he just got done telling Peter what kind of death Peter would die to glorify God. Does this sound like a good long walk on the beach conversation to anybody? No, of course not. Of course not. No, and, and here's what Jesus was doing. Jesus was literally telling John how he would die. He didn't tell John when he would die. He just indicated, you know, when you were older, but that could be, at that point, it could have been any, any day. He says, this is how you're going to die. You're going to be taken where you don't want to go. Somebody else is going to put a belt on you. You know, somebody else is, is going to dress you, basically. And, and you, they're going to stretch out your hands, and that's the way that you're going to die through that way. Now, at this point, at this point, Peter's probably re remembering this is kind of how Jesus died. They stretched out, he, they took him where, you know, where it seemed like he wouldn't want to go, and they stretched out his hands on a cross. And according to legend, according to legend, according to you know, history and, and something, that this is exactly how Peter died. That Peter, was, that Peter died by crucifixion. But, and Peter, knowing that he was going to die by crucifixion because that was what Rome did, Peter requested, according to you know, some history, and you know, there, there's not a ton of verification here, so don't say that this is true or whatever, you know, but this is possibly, that Peter requested that he be crucified upside down. Why? Because he didn't want to die or he didn't want to be crucified in the same way as his Lord. But for Jesus, think about this, but for Jesus to go, hey, Peter, you're going to have your hands stretched out and you're going to die at some point in your life. Follow me. At this point, we're going, I don't want to. I don't want to. Listen, here's the thing about Christianity and here's the thing about following Jesus. Jesus certainly, and I certainly have never said that following Jesus is easy. Come on. Following, being a Jesus follower, being a Christian is not easy. As a matter of fact, Jesus even said early on, so they, you know, maybe Peter's kind of used to this you know, type of talk, but he said to Peter and others, he said, hey, anybody that comes after me, you've got to deny yourself. You've got to take up your cross and you follow me. It's about denying yourself and it's about sacrificing it's about taking up your own cross and you follow me on one occasion jesus was talking about some you know weird things and crazy things and and jesus was starting to lose the crowd because of what some of the things that jesus was was saying and even his own disciples were listening to jesus talk and and they're starting to want to like slip out the back door and he even looks at his disciples and says to them, hey, guys, you don't want to leave too, do you? Like he was saying some things that were like, whoa, 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 what are you talking about? And a whole crowd began to leave and said, I don't want to follow this guy. And as even his own were wanting to even escape away. 
And then finally, when Jesus points them out and says, hey, guys, you don't want to leave too, do you? Peter speaks up and says, to whom will we go? To whom, where we'd go? In other words, where would we go, Jesus? And he says this, and this is so important. This is so important. You're the only one who speaks eternal life. You're the only one. I'm not going to go over there. I'm not going to go here. I'm not going to go to that person because you're the only one who speaks eternal life. Where would we go? See, listen, here's the thing. Here's the thing about following Jesus. We don't follow Jesus because it's easy. We follow Jesus because it's true. We are not Jesus followers. We're not Christians because, you know, everything makes our life, he like makes our life better and everything's all good. And but we follow Jesus because of who he claimed to be, and he backed up who he claimed to be. That's why we follow him. And that's why even when Jesus is going on this long walk on the beach with Peter, and he's saying, This is how you're gonna die to glorify me. And then with an exclamation point, are you, did you see the exclamation point? With an exclamation point, follow me. Peter did. He did. They go on, verse 20. It says, now Peter turned around and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them. The one who also had leaned back on his chest and at the supper and said, Lord, who is the one who is betraying you? And, and so this is, uh, this is John who's, who's writing this. And this is John describing himself because John was saying, this is the one whom Jesus loved. But if you're not sure who that is, I'm, th- this is also the one who is the one who is, you know, put his head on his chest at the supper. Who is the one who is betraying you? So John is just saying you know, that's me. That's it. So it was John who was following along. And Peter does what Peter does sometimes. And he took his eyes off of Jesus. He took his eyes. He, he turned around and he saw another disciple. And he was walking with Jesus on this long walk on the beach. And he turns around and he looks at John. And he says to them, he, he says to them, like, who, who, you know, what about him? Peter turned around and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following him, the one who, he says, and look what it says in verse, so Peter, upon seeing him, said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? What about this man? What, like, you're telling me how I'm going to die and I should follow you, but what about this guy? What about, what about this person? And here's the thing about, about Christianity, and here's the thing about following Jesus. Listen, it's personal. It's personal for you. We get so caught up in, well, what about this brother or this sister? You know, what about what they're going through? What about what they get? What about what's taken away from them? What about? And we start looking at other people. We start comparing ourselves to other people's situation and going, why is this happening to me and not to them? I'm better Christian than they are. You don't say that. None of you say that. None of you say that. But this is something what Peter did. He was like, and, and look what Jesus' response to him was. Jesus said to him, if, if, if I want him to remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. So to th- th- today, this is not about the person sitting next to you. 
And I know, I know, I know. You want the person sitting next to you to hear these messages, right? You're, you're here because you're hoping that the person sitting next to you is listening to what God has to say to them. You're like, all right, Pastor Chris, you, you come today, man, because so-and-so, my husband, he needs to hear it. You should have been with me this week. Oh, man, and I just got him in church. Listen, listen. This week, this is for you. This week, this is for you. Don't worry about the person that you're sitting next to or behind or, or you're hoping that they're just watching online. This one is for you. This one's for you. And the first observation that I want to take is, and we're, and we're going to sort of, this is sort of the end of what happened on the long walk on the beach, but I want to take us back to the beginning of where it all started and see if we can learn some things about what it looks like for all of us, for you to follow Jesus, for you to be a follower of Jesus, not because it's what your parents do, not because it's what your grandparents do, not because you think you ought to, not because you think that you're getting points with God because you're sitting in here you know, this morning. It's because this is what it looks like for you personally to follow him. So the first observation I want to make is this. Look to him for the destination. Look to him for the destination. Now, whenever we talk about following him, I sometimes ask myself, well, where is he going? Right? Where is he going? Like, okay, we're to follow him, but where's the destination? Where, where is he going? And for me, the best way I could think to illustrate this is, is simply this. Um, just a couple weeks ago, my wife and I celebrated our 18-year wedding anniversary. 18 years that I've been so lucky to be able to spend my life. She's telling me to chill out, chill out. And so 18 years. So we, we spent the day together, uh, August 2nd, 18 years. And then the next day we were going uh, up north on, on a trip. And, and so I thought Let, this, would be, this would be cool. So we, I thought it would be good for, you know, for the kids and this and that uh, to, to go through the area where her and I first met. And so um, we decided to, to, to go through Mount Pleasant. And where her and I met was on, was on the campus of Central Michigan University, specifically in a hall called Beto, uh, where she was living with some friends of mine that I went to high school with that I was up there visiting and, and, and hanging out with. And then, I, I, you know, that day... You know, she comes walking into the room, and I just remember thinking to myself, she's amazing. She's amazing. And I remember thinking to myself, I'm just going to follow her wherever she goes. I just want to hang out with her. Wherever she goes, that's where I'm going to go. Whatever she's doing, that's what I want to do. It didn't matter what she was wanting to do, where she was. It didn't matter. I just wanted, and, and you know this if you're, you know, have, are married. Or, you, you, know, you, you know that. Like, you just want to be wherever they are. And so where, wherever she went, it didn't matter to me. That's just where I was going to go. I was just going to follow her wherever she would go. 
And so this is ultimately what, what, it, what it looks like when it comes to our faith. It's, Jesus, whatever, whatever you're doing, that's what I want to do. Jesus, wherever you're going, that's where I want to go. Jesus, whatever you're about, that's what I want to be about. Jesus, whatever you say, that's what I want to be. That's what I'm going to say. That's what I'm going to do. That's how I'm going to act. It's, it's about, and it's looking to him. Not looking to somebody else. Not looking to anybody, anything else. It's just looking to him for the destination because wherever they land that's where i'm gonna land and that's what jesus is saying come on come on follow me follow me follow me well where are you going jesus let's get back to that where are you going jesus we'll get back to that so it starts out in john 21 verse 4 it says but when the day was now breaking jesus stood on the beach our sermon series when jesus when the day was breaking jesus stood on the beach Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Verse 5. So Jesus said to them, children, you do not have any fish to eat, do you? And they answered him, probably annoyed, no. So here they don't recognize Jesus. And he's saying, children, he already knew, right? He already knew. Listen, listen, listen. Here's, Here's the deal. Your heavenly father already knows what you're dealing with. He he already knows. He already knows that in life, you feel like sometimes you're just coming up empty. He is aware. He hasn't forgotten about you. He hasn't put you on a shelf. He doesn't, he's not indifferent to your struggles and your battles and and your insecurities. He is aware where you are coming up empty. And these guys just decided, you know what? It was post-resurrection. Jesus told them that, you know, told them to meet there at this location, you know, somewhere around this beach. And you know what they did? They just decided to do what they normally did. Go fishing. Because they were a bunch of fishermen. They just decided, hey, we have some time to kill. This is what we know how to, what to do. So let's go and do some, do some fishing. So here's the, here's the thing. Here's the important principle. It's important to recognize him in the simple daily life. It's important to recognize him in the simple daily life. They didn't see, they, they were out on the boat. They were doing their fishing. They weren't catching anything. But they didn't recognize Jesus. They didn't recognize him. You know what oftentimes we miss? We miss the presence of God in the simple daily life of things. Do you know he's not only aware of what you're going through, but he's with you all the way? You know, he's not only just aware of the things that you're struggling with or battling with or frustrated about or, 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 you know, that cause you not to sleep at night. But, you know, do you know that he is with you the whole time? Come on, do I have to use what would work so well in this sermon series, the footprint poem? Anybody remember the footprint poem? Yeah, the footprint poem, if you're not sure what that is, you know, it's somebody that says to God, God, listen, when I was going through the hard things, I only saw my footprints on the sand as I was walking along, and God says back to the person, listen, you reason, those footprints are my footprints because I've been carrying you through it the whole time, right? Some of you needed to be reminded about the footprint poem. You need to go and Google the footprint poem. 
Because all of us need to remember and recognize him in the simple daily life of things. That God is interested with you not, not only on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. or online or whenever you're watching. But God is interested in you every single moment of the day, even in the simple things of life. I remember a few years ago, I was running to Walmart on a Saturday night because I needed to get something for an object lesson because you know me, I love object lessons, right? And so I was running up to Walmart. I'm just kind of, it's getting kind of late, you know, and I was just trying to find what I was looking for. And I couldn't find at Walmart what I was looking for. And I was just sort of rushing around trying to hopefully, you know, and so I find, I run into a worker at Walmart, which is a miracle in and of itself. No offense to anybody that works at Walmart. And I finally, so this, this, I see this lady. I said, lady, I'm, sorry, I'm looking for, I couldn't, I can't remember what, exactly what I am. I'm looking for this. And, and she was like, oh, that's kind of, it was kind of a weird thing. And she's like, oh, that's kind of weird. And then she started asking me why. And I'm like, oh, um, I'm just, I got to do something for a thing. And, and she's like, well, what do you mean? What do you got to do? And she's, so she's starting to like ask more. I go, um, I, and finally I had to get to a place where I go, I'm a pastor at a church, and I'm doing this object lesson for this ser- my sermon tomorrow morning, and I need this product for that. She starts bawling. And I said, I, I don't know what I said. And she goes, oh, I just, I've just been having a tough week, and I've been really having a tough day, and I just feel like God brought you in here in this moment to pray for me and to encourage me. And I just want to just, can you do that right now? I said, right now? No. <laughs> she said, yeah, would you do that for me? I said, absolutely. You see, I, I was going to Walmart because there's nothing usually that spiritual that happens at Walmart. And I'm just looking for some things to do for you on a Sunday morning. But really, God's going, listen, I don't want you to miss and I don't want you to be distracted by my presence everywhere. Even in the simple daily tasks of running to a store or coming across somebody at a, at a, wherever you do life, wherever you go about in life. It is so important to know that Jesus is present in all and every simple daily circumstance. And I don't want us to be caught on the boat, kind of doing our own thing, living our own way, kind of going through the motions because that's what the disciples knew to do and you, that's what you know to do you know, in your life. I don't want us to be caught on the boat not recognizing him through it and in it. So it's recognizing him in the simple daily life. I mean, think about it. Remember Martha Mary's story? Jesus is literally in their home. And Martha's too busy, busying herself, trying to make sure that her home was clean when Mary's doing what she's supposed to do and just sitting at the feet of Jesus. Let's not get distracted by the boats of our life. And forget that he is present and available. Oh, and by the way, completely aware of when we come up and when we feel empty. So recognize him in the simple daily 
life. The story goes on, says this, and he said to them, hey, guys, yells out from the beach. They're out on their boat. Hey, guys, cast the net onto the right-hand side of the boat. And I'm sure if John felt like it, he could have wrote, we did that. We tried that. Cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find the fish. So they cast it, and then they were not able to haul it in because of the great quantity of fish. You say, wait a minute, didn't we already talk about this? No, this is the second occurrence. This is the second miracle of the catch of fish. This, we talked about this a few weeks ago when, in Luke 5, but this is now the second time. This was pre-resurrection Luke 5. This is now post-resurrection John 21. And here's the teaching principle for, for this. Submit to his directions. Submit to his directions. And here's the, here's the amazing thing. Here's the amazing thing. The difference, the difference between famine and feast was the width of the ship or the width of the boat, right? The difference between them catching nothing and then catching a, a great quantity was simply submitting to his direction. And all that takes for us is the width of a boat, it's just shifting, it's subtle shifts, subtle shifts to say, God, listen, it's not about my direction, it's not about my plans, it's not about my will, it's about yours. It's not about what I think is best, it's not what I believe, it's not what I think, it's, it's about what you think and what you think is best. It's shifting our and submitting our life to his directions. And it's a subtle shift. It's the width of the boat. And you know how big the results are? The results, the results are as wide as 0 to 153. That's how the results are as wide. The results are as wide as how many, how, you haven't caught any fish, have you? No. No. Well, cast your net on the right side of the boat. They did. They submitted to his direction. They brought in a great quantity of fish. Well, how many fish did they catch? Well, John tells us how many fish they caught. They caught, Simon Peter went up and hauled the net to the land full of large fish, 153. And although there was so many, the net was not torn. John even went out of the way to say, hey, fact check me on this. There was 153 large fish fish in the net. And you know what the amazing thing is? You would thought you would think that the net would break, but the net didn't even break. It was 153. But the picture is the picture is here, here's here's a, when you submit and I submit, when I submit to his direction, it's subtly, it's as subtle as the width of a boat. When I submit to his direction, it's as subtle as a width of a ship. But the results the results for you and the results for me, it's like the difference between zero and 153. That's the results. I love this because, you know, this is the first time that we see text talk. You know what I mean by text talk? 
You know how like when you sending text messages to people, you sort of use shor- shortcuts and little things like, you know, or, or little code things. And maybe this is more for the kids. And in, maybe this is something that you should Google just like the footprint, you know, illustration. You should probably Google text talk. And this will maybe shorten some of your conversations that you have. Some of you that take forever to text, right? You're like, you're still the one-finger texter, you know? You're doing that. You're like, what's wrong with being a one-finger texter? I, 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 no, I'm not trying to offend anybody. I'm not trying to offend anybody. But this is the first time that we see text talk, text talk. You see, text talk is, in, in the texting world, in the texting world, did you know that 153 is text talk? Has anybody ever texted 153 to anybody before? You haven't? I haven't either, but I'm going to, I'm going to, you know why, if you're, if you're familiar with text talk, this is the first time that we see it in scripture, text talk, I'm telling you, this is amazing, Jesus looked ahead 2,000 years later and said, I'm going to send them a message, and the kids, apparently nobody in the room, but the kids, (laughs) the kids are going to get this. Do you know what 153 is in text talk when you send 153 to somebody? I adore you. Jesus texted you just now. Did you get it? And you know what he's telling you? I know this is cheesy, but this is the only way you remember things. You know what Jesus is telling you? I adore you you. I adore you. He is crazy about us. And he wants you to have results in your life that go from zero to 153. And he wants to tell you through text talk, you should text it. Husbands, text your wives right now. Do it right now. 153. I adore you. And Peter, Peter, later on, later on, as he's following Jesus, not knowing when he's going to be taken and brought to his death and putting his arms out and crucified upside down, Peter writes this. Peter writes this in 1 Peter 5, 7. Here's what he writes. He says this, having cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And Peter, when he's casting that net out onto the right side of the boat and he's bringing in a haul of fish, he's going, Oh my goodness, he cares for me. He adores me. He adores me. And he wants all of us, just like that net, he wants all of us to cast our anxiety or cast our worries. And cast our cares on him because he cares for you. You are not forgotten. You are not forgotten. He's aware. He's aware. Story goes on. It says this in John 21, 7. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved. This is John talking again, right? You're like, why does John keep saying the disciple whom Jesus loved? You know why John says the disciple whom Jesus loved? Because Jesus loved John. But he also loved Peter, and he also loved James, 
and he also loves you. So you could say, you know who I am? (laughs) I'm a follower of Jesus whom Jesus loved. You can say that. You can say that. And then I would say, you know who I am? I'm a follower who Jesus loves too. So John would say, therefore the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. Which, by the way, by the way, when you start seeing the results, when you start submitting to his directions, and you start seeing the results from, in your life from empty to full to zero to 153, and you start seeing how he, how he adores you, how he's crazy about you, how he loves you, you know what you'll start doing? You'll start going, it's just the Lord. It's the Lord. You know how I have the results of my life? Not because I'm anything special. Not because I've figured some things out. No, I just have started submitting to his direction. And, and when people start asking, how, how has your life been transformed? How have you been changed? Why is there a difference in your life? And you know what you'll say? It's the Lord. Your marriage went from zero to 153. How did that happen? It's the Lord. Your finances, man, you went from being greedy to generous. How did that happen? It's the Lord. Man, I was down and out and I was broken and I was anxious and I was concerned about everything in this life, but now you don't seem to have any worries at all. What is that? And you would say, it's the Lord, right? It's the Lord. It's God who does the work in us. It's God who works in us. And when it, look what it says. It is the Lord. So when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment for he was stripped for work. In other words, he was naked. John wrote this, not me. And threw himself into the sea. You know, here's the cool thing. Here's the change that happened to Peter. In Luke 5, you know what happened with Peter in the first miracle of the catch of fish? In Luke 5, Peter withdrew himself. Remember remember when Jesus told the guys to drop the net and they they brought in a great haul of fish and Peter was like, whoa, Lord, get away from me. I'm I'm a sinful man. And he, he he was wanting to withdraw himself. You remember this? Just say you do, just so, okay. But now, here's the change. He went from withdrawing himself to now, look look in John 21, Peter threw himself towards Jesus. Listen, I got to tell you, we all need to do this. We all need to get out of the comfort zones of our boat. We all need to get out of a place that we just are familiar with and we just know and it's just what we do and it's, it's how we work and all this. We all need to get out of the comfort zones of our work and go, God, I'm just going to throw myself into you. I'm leaving this place of familiarity. I'm leaving this place of what I know and I'm jumping in and I'm going in and I'm diving deep. I think audio adrenaline saying something like that. I think it was audio adrenaline. Is it audio adrenaline, John? Okay, good. Okay, good. I'm, Peter says, I'm, I'm going in. I'm diving in. Listen, listen, listen. Dive in. If you're still holding back, if you're still, t- you know, sort of playing the fence, like, ah, you know, I don't know about this Jesus following thing. I'll kind of do it on Sunday mornings a little bit sometimes, a few times. You know, maybe I'll just dabble. No, 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 no. 
You want to see the results from 0 to 153? Dive in. Dive in. Don't hang around. Ah, sometimes I recognize him, sometimes I don't. Dive in. And Peter went from withdrew himself to he threw himself towards Jesus. And you know what that reminded those guys that day? It reminded them that they had a mission to fulfill. It reminded them, and I hope this reminds you today, that you and I have a mission to fulfill. And you know what that mission is? We need to fulfill his mission to be fishers of men. Listen, this is your mission, and this is mine. This is why God allows you and I to exist and to be followers of Jesus. And this is what Jesus was all about. Jesus was all about catching people so that they can have a personal relationship with him, so that they can personally follow him to where he is going. And the story goes out, finishes out, and it says, but the other disciples came in the little boat, for they were not far from the land, about, but about 200 cubits away, dragging the net full of fish. This is what God wants us to do. Verse 10, it says this, Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish which you have now caught. Jesus wants us to bring some fish that we have now caught, fish that we have now invested in, fish that we poured our lives into, fish that we said, hey, you know what's best in life? You're going to always come up empty. You're going to always find that you're just sort of going against the wind of this life. But I got an answer for that. And his name is Jesus. And he brings life to all of us. He brings a source of, of, of kindness and grace and mercy and forgiveness for every single person that puts their faith in him. And I'm telling you, when you submit to his directions in your life, you will feel like you're no longer coming up empty, but he is 153 times that in you. Come on, I'm following Jesus, so now you follow Jesus. Let's go. Our mission is to not sit in the seats and listen to sermons, and sing a few songs, and tip God. Our mission is to catch people for Jesus. That's our mission. This is why we exist, and he is found and seen and needs to be recognized in our daily life. So you and I, we can either stay back on the boat and continue to catch nothing, or we can dive in and go after it. Because if you're following Jesus, you know where he's going? He's going to a place called the kingdom of heaven. And here's what Jesus says about the kingdom of heaven. He says this, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field, which a man found and hid again. And from the joy over it, he goes and he sells everything that he has and he buys that field and he goes on to say this and again the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking fine pearls and he says this and upon finding one pearl of great value he went and he sold everything that he had and he and he bought it verse 47 he says again the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet and was cast into the sea and it gathered fish of every kind 
And when it was filled, they pulled it up on the beach and they sat down and they gathered the good fish into containers, but the bad they threw away. Come on. Our mission is to catch people. That was what Jesus tried to tell his guys way from the beginning. Hey, guys, you know how you catch fish? That's what I want you to do for people because that's your mission. And that mission was for those are the same for us. That, that miracle that happened on the beach that day happened post-resurrection. There was one that happened pre-resurrection, one that happened post-resurrection, which means, listen, that mission is still for every single one of us. And the kingdom of heaven is where He's going, and he wants you there, and he wants everybody that you come across, everybody that you know, he wants all of them too. So let's dive in, and let's get on mission. Because in the kingdom of heaven, there's joy. In the kingdom of heaven, it's worth everything. It's worth selling everything to have it. So let's dive in because God's in the business of taking that net called grace and he wants to bring about people of every kind because where he's going, he's going to heaven. And where he is, he's at the right hand of the Father. And if you're following him, that's where he wants you to go and that's where he wants your family members to go. That's where he wants your co-workers to go. That's where he wants the person that you do business with to go. That's where, he, that's where he wants the people that you come across in the grocery store to go. This is where he wants all of us to go. Follow him. Follow him. Because the destination <laughs> is incredible. The destination is amazing. Father, We are all called to follow you personally, not concern ourselves with what other, another person is doing, another follower is doing, another so-called Christian is doing, but just our relationship with you is personal. And what you have to say to us individually here today is that we're following you and where you're going is you're at the right hand of the Father and that's where you want us to be. That's where you want us to go. And as we go, we're, we're just taking our nets and we're catching, we're catching as many people as we possibly can to know that they, when they put their faith and their trust and their life into your hands, that they'll know and they'll be transferred and they'll go from like nothing to 153. And that subtle shift is just like the width of the boat. And so, Father, I just pray, Lord, that all of us, all of us individually, personally submit to your directions. Know that you adore us. Know that you're for us. And know that you have the best intentions for us. And, God, that you have the, a plan and a purpose that is exceeds any other purpose and plan that we can come up with on our own. Thank you for being 
a reminder of that. Help us to recognize you in our everyday life. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.